Hello and welcome to Red Shirts, a podcast about Star Trek. I'm your host, Jake Donaldson, and I'm joined this week by my co-hosts, Nathan, Deanna, Troy, Thomas, and Bethany, Troy McClure, Emma. (laughs) Without further ado, let's engage! Welcome back, listeners, to another of our special episodes with a guest host, because Maddie Frankie Churchhouse is still... Uh, I'm full-naming her every week now until she gets back. Um, <laughs> she is still away on her five-year mission, I believe, uh, this week. She is somewhere around uh, the... She's somewhere near Navarre, but I'll still always call it Vulcan. Um, we're joined this week by our special guest uh, host it's the wonderful uh, comedian and uh, all-round good person bethany emma how, how oh, are you doing beth I'm, how are you doing <laughs> i'm not as good as all that um <laughs> i'm flattered uh no i'm good man i'm good how are you, how are good. you two <laughs> yeah not too bad no one ever asks how we are thank no, you that's right. welcome. <laughs> <laughs> you can come back bethany emma. <laughs> um <laughs> no I'm, I'm good thank you a little birdie tells me that you've got COVID. COVID. I do. Uh, is that true? I do have no, COVID. that's very sad. Got it on Friday. Right. Oh, well, it sounds you need what, what... a You need a medical officer to wave a BP <laughs> thing in front of your face and cure all ills. I mean, yes. I really <laughs> or maybe what, maybe what you need is a, a vacation, possibly to a uh, magical planet that's good for vacations. <laughs> oh, uh, in under a well. couple of minutes. <laughs> that's the fastest am, you've ever been. No. I am not burying the lead at all in this episode. <laughs> to be <laughs> no. fair. I am flying to a magical, small, decadent, and hedonistic location in a couple of weeks. Uh, right. Not quite as good, but well, I'm, off, I'm off to the Netherlands I mean, a week. The Netherlands is basically just Netherlands. riser, isn't it? It yeah, is. Right. It's exactly same, the same. same it's dr- drugs and sex workers and yeah. nice coffee and like. Yeah. And if it's sunny, basically then you riser well. is the Netherlands in Hawaii. That's, yeah. that's yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Gonna, Riser is. I'm gonna take my little sex tiki statue and just have a good time. <laughs> <laughs> Well, well, if you haven't guessed already, listeners, uh, we've, uh, we're doing an episode this week uh, featuring the Party Planet Riser, which is really exciting. I don't think we've actually done a Riser episode uh, on the podcast before, so that's no. exciting. Um, as ever, it's been chosen by our guest host for the week. So, uh, Bethany, would you like to tell the listeners which episode you've chosen to look at? So, I've chosen Captain's Holiday from Season 3, Episode 19, I believe. It is, yes, yes. Of, uh, of The Next Generation. It's a... Yes. Uh, it's a fun episode, um, so before we get too far into it, uh, why don't you explain the plot of Captain's Holiday, Nathan, in your patented manner? Of course. So, we open on Riser, where two aliens are looking for Captain Picard, but he is not here. No worries. He will come. In fact, he and the Council are negotiating a treaty between two alien cultures, and Captain Picard, rather tired, insists on continuing working. The Council there thinks Picard ought to take holiday. Dr. Crusher comes in to the Captain to complain about a crew member overworking. Dr. Crusher could order him on holiday, but she isn't going to. Picard promises that he will use recreational facilities at the next starbase, or the holodeck, or go to a symposium. Later, Riker catches Picard to 
uh, recommend Risa, an excellent holiday destination, but he's more interested in going to the bridge. Thank you, number one. Um, when they get to said bridge, Councillor Tri announces her mother is due to be on the Enterprise, so the captain asks to speak with his first officer. Picard wants to know, is the entire crew in on this conspiracy? Mr. Royka says there are a few ensigns who may not know, and so Picard gives in. He packs his bags, some light reading in the form of Ulysses in heavy philosophy, and Ryko mentions the women, apparently not for the first time. Uh, and the captain heads off with a request from number one to retrieve a Horgon, a souvenir. On the planet, a woman runs into Picard and starts to snog him to avoid a Ferengi. The two aliens we met from earlier watch Picard as Picard and the woman realise it was just a case of mistaken identity. Our next shot is a gratuitous one of boobs! Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but to be fair, it is then followed by a sexy man. Uh, and then Jean-Luc Picard, another sexy man, uh, trying to read his books <laughs> as various things disturb him. An employee disturbs him. Picard says she's the fifth woman to ask him if she can do anything for him this morning. Apparently, that Horgan Riker asked for him is the symbol of sexuality. And to display it, like Picard currently is, is to ask for alien sexy times. <laughs> Shortly after, a Ferengi, the same one from before, named Sovak, disturbs Picard. He starts mouthing off at him about a woman and a disc, and Picard is on him, pressed with Ferengi. Threats, he snaps his book shut and glares at the Ferengi, who continues to mouth off at him, and then, at long last, pisses off. Uh, Picard lies down, and is immediately disturbed by the woman who snogged him earlier. Uh, Picard tells her he isn't looking for alien sexy times. She says she wasn't offering any, thank you. <laughs> She introduces herself as Vash. Picard decides to leave. Vash pursues. John Luke meets with Sovak again. Vash slips the disc into Picard's pocket, and Sovak continues to um, barter pointlessly. Picard gets to his room and meets the aliens, apparently Borgons. They claim to be from the 27th century. They talk about a legendary weapon, the Tox Utat, a visitor from the future who makes it and then leaves it behind in the past. Apparently, Picard will shortly discover an object that will be the Toxutat, and aliens say uh, they will take it back to the future when he does. Picard discovers the strange disc that Vash slept him and goes to visit her rather messy quarters, turned over by Sobak, apparently. Lovely. Uh, Picard asks Vash whether the disc will help locate the Utat. Vash is the personal assistant to a professor who was, prior to his death, searching for the device. The discs is its research notes, and the Ferengi knows, and now it's a race. Vash and Picard have to work together and flirt to get to the location of the Toxutat. <laughs> Lobby, 15 minutes. <laughs> Unfortunately, Sovak locates the pair and points a phaser at them. Sovak reveals that Vash was paid to steal the dish. disc. Vash throws the pack, it, her pack at Sovak, and that gives Picard a chance to nick his weapon and then punch his lights out. <laughs> um, later in the case, Vash and Picard have to stay the night if they're going to get very far. Vash admits she did steal the disc, but she was the assistant of the professor and conned Sovak. Vash says that Picard is lucky she met her. Um, you know, you were hating that holiday, Captain. Picard decides to sleep. Vash decides to occupy herself with other activities. After all, Picard did seem terribly disappointed when she turned him down earlier. They kiss, and there is a tasteful fade to black. The next morning, the two of them progress through the caves with no scanning devices uh, working due to the ore in the rocks. It's time to dig. The two future aliens appear. Sovak also appears with a weapon again. Anyway, the various interest groups force Vash and Picard to dig. Many hours later, Picard just stops. The Toxutat is not here. Vash agrees, and the future aliens beam out. Sovak decides to dig himself in that case. 
Flash and Picard get back, and Vash is rather miserable. She doesn't want to do any sex tonight. She wants to be alone. Picard leaves. <laughs> Riker contacts Captain Picard. They're here to pick him up. Picard orders Riker to be ready for his signal. Transporter code 14 and delays his departure. Picard catches Vash, leaving and apparently about to say goodbye. Picard asks her for one last thing. Where is the Tobsutat? She isn't careless. She wanted so back to see that her quest was futile. She'd already been there and found it. She admits she had, reveals its hidden location inside one of the um, Horgons from before. And as Picard marvels at the crystal, it's a dangerous piece of the future. The future aliens appear and congratulate Picard. Bash points out that these Vulcans being here is not necessarily proof the Tobsutat belongs to them. He informs the Enterprise and has them destroy the Tobsutat, just apparently as history records. Later, Vash asks if there is room for an archaeologist on the Enterprise and Picard's note she wouldn't find it to her taste, so what next? Vash declares she intends to trespass on a planet that's touchy about that stuff. Picard goes into a full-on rant, they snog, and then have a weird dialogue about time travel. Anyway, Captain Picard returns to the bridge. He says he needs a talk with Mr. Riker about the Horgon and alien sexy times, and, um, yeah, his holiday was good. <laughs> that's how the episode ends thank you very much Nathan well done. Um, so we always uh, when we have a guest on uh, who's chosen an episode the first thing we ask is always uh, why did you choose this episode so uh, go ahead <laughs> let us know why you picked uh, this feels very much like you know that bit when Mrs Merton said to uh uh, married to Paul Daniels when she had her on as an interview and, <laughs> and she goes what was it that first attracted you to the millionaire Paul Daniels um, <laughs> it feel, this feels a lot like that why was it that you chose the sexy episode of Star Trek <laughs> I just think I just think Sir Patrick Stewart has great legs I think he's got great legs I, that's and what I my notes say as well out, like enough yeah. Everyone focuses on when he's shirtless in those episodes where he gets turned into locutors. No one focuses on his legs. No, he's got some have good gams. Have you seen the quote about why, like, he he had a lot of, like, he'd been asking for an episode like this for a while. Specifically, he wanted Captain Picard to get some shooting and screwing done. Nice. Yeah, yeah I think there's a, there's a quote where he describes it as... Uh, Apparently, it was. I think it's it's a reported speech, and it's a quote from Iris Stephen Bear, who wrote this episode, um, who says um, Patrick had been asking for uh, there to be a lot more effing and effing in this episode <laughs> or in in the series, and then someone said, "What does that mean?" And he said, uh, "Fighting and fornicating." Uh, so he he wanted more. Although when I first saw it, it said effing and effing, and I was like, "Fucking and." Fucking? More fucking? <laughs> I don't know. Sure. But yeah, the firing. The... <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I just, you know, I think it's a, like, sure, it's a great little piece of eye candy going on there. But, you know, I got, so I got into Next Gen during lockdown. My ex okay. really got me into it. And I'd never seen any of it before. And I really liked it. But I just, you know, it just felt like. Picard was always sort of the the dad mm. of the episodes, yeah. and it's really fun to have him like have an episode where he's the daddy instead. <laughs> and you know, he gets to like relax, and he wears this little asymmetric kimono jacket, and it's <laughs> yeah, well, <laughs> and he's in it's Indiana episodes Jones. like this, <laughs> and episodes that's uh, like the, ep- the the later episode, which is uh, Die Hard on the Enterprise. Uh, <laughs> It, it's those two that I always point to because if you watch the next gen films, which I don't know if you've seen, where the, 
the criticism the criticism of the those as a whole is that it is Captain Picard action hero. Because yeah. he is very action hero like and I can see where they're getting from. There's a lot of a lot of the worst ones is where <coughs> there's lots of fighting. Cough, nemesis, cough. <laughs> nemesis and um, insurrection. Are just long action there's a lot of long action sequences without the same yeah. moral depth or mm-hmm. stakes. Because, um, like, First Contact does it successfully because there's a lot of character complexity. Anyway, I'm getting <laughs> off track. Um, but people act like Captain Picard never acts like that in Next Gen. And he definitely does, as this episode proves. <laughs> yes. like, yeah, yeah, yeah. This episode, yeah. one thing I like about it is that he he outmatches every opponent he comes up against in this in this thing effortlessly effortlessly and yeah. it's like i just really sympathize with like i've worked in like i've had a lot of call center jobs and you know mm. jobs where you talk a lot for your work and then you get your lunch break in a communal space and i would get my book and i would mm-hmm. just want 20 goddamn minutes of not yeah, talking yeah, yeah. And would always end up with co-workers trying to be very nice, sitting down being like, oh, what's that? What are you reading? Is it any good? What's happening? And I'm like, the open book is a universal symbol to shut the fuck up and leave me alone. And yeah. so that five minute section of him just being like constantly closing his book and being a bit like sassy, yeah. I, I feel it in my bones. I empathize. I, I have... I, I can sympathise with that as well because I used to work in a call centre as well mm. and I remember going out uh, on my lunch break in the communal space and I sat down and I put I opened my book um, and everyone would come over to me and start just just rubbing the genitals on me. Uh, <laughs> and then I realised that yeah, I had really, a... I'm really a, sorry about I, that. I remember, yeah. that's where I recognised <laughs> you from, that call centre. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, that's the problem is that you, you, you've got to learn not to take your... Uh, your your alien, <laughs> your, yeah, your alien fertility symbol to the office with you. Mm. Just leave it at home, guys. Um, that this was the thing I wanted to bring up, right? So, the, the alien fertility symbol thing in this is called a horgon, right? Mm. And then those aliens from the future are called vorgons, yes. right? Do you think when Ira Stephen Bear wrote this, he just thought <laughs> orgon sounds cool? Let's just put different letters at the start of that. Well, or do, it's meant do you to think be, it's, a, it's a visual pun, Jake? Is it? It's, is it? It's an organ that you dis like you display because it shows your interest in sex, and like mm. I think at one point they were gonna make it more explicitly phallic, and then the sex. Is <laughs> so the joke no longer works, but it was supposed to be a penis. I mean, speaking of like very phallic, there is a particular shot of John Luke. Um, they've shot it like he's lying on his little sun lounger. And they've shot it. Like, the camera's obviously by his feet, and it is graphic. Yeah. A, there are a few seconds where, pants. like, you can see which side he's dressing on and everything. Like, he dresses on the captain's side, obviously. <laughs> <laughs> um, the, the, those little sort of short shorts he's got on are very um, interesting. From, a, like, f- from the point of view of someone in space in the future like however many years 300 years in the future whatever it's meant to be you'd think that they'd have like they you think style would have moved on from the 1990s by that point but like well it has though because like no two hems reach each other yeah, everything all, is every, asymmetric 
Well, what I've got a theory. You that, should have um, one ball hanging out. Really. <laughs> <laughs> I've got a theory. He nearly does. Um, I've, got th- <laughs> I've got a theory that um, the uh, the art of sewing and like clothes making has just completely died out by that point in the future because no <laughs> one's doing it anymore. So no one, they, no one wanted to have these massively asymmetric clothes. They just no one knows how to make clothes properly anymore, and the replicators don't know how to make clothes properly because no one else has taught the replicators to do it properly so that's just what they've started they've just living like that now they've just well, got loads of clothes that really, don't fit it's always why like garrick's excuse as a tailor on deep space nine is really weird. like he talks about hemming people's trousers and stitching in all terms we'd use like at one point to pass information to cisco cisco's like come measure me mr garrick yes. but, like, <laughs> but like hang on you're in a society where you rearrange matter and from one place to another periodically just as a transportation device. Like, surely <laughs> everyone can find everyone else's heights because <laughs> if the transporter doesn't know your height, it's definitely doing it wrong. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I just, um, I, just, I just don't know who's making fabric in, in Riser <laughs> because everything's either super see-through, which, like, don't get me wrong, fine, whatever, or, like, the night they spend in the caves... The blankets that they have with them look to me as a as a gay disco lover to be like the most sequined <laughs> fabric you've ever seen. Yeah. And I don't recommend sleeping or effing on <laughs> on sequins. It looks yeah. terrible. Yeah. I mean, then there's also like in, in other episodes of TNG in particular, the most like eighties, nineties uh, gym <laughs> outfits. Like when the when the, the there's whenever they do exercise that isn't martial arts, it's yeah. just like the most spandex leotard <laughs> look. Yeah, it's, it's like it, they they never. It's look like more... Richard Simmons has turned up on the Enterprise. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> the um, speaking of uh, outfit choices and things in this episode, um, I'd forgotten that season three is the series where uh, Marina Sirtis just went fucking all out on just not bothering to wear uniform and just wearing the most low cut tops that she can get away with. Because um, <laughs> this was like before when when because uh, in the first couple of series. Troy's sort of wearing this kind of grey catsuit kind mm. of thing that is kind of sexy but not like super revealing and then and then I think it was just before season I think season four or five um the the network were like can you make her wear like something a bit more reasonable please <laughs> but th- this was in this was in peak like a uh, sexy Troy moment mm. so like we I think y- you can you kind of you're you're sat watching it and you're like Diana Diana Troy in this episode is sexier than all of the women on Riser <laughs> so mm, like that, that should give you a point about whether or not she's dressed appropriately for the workplace. Speaking of Riser, one of the suggestions uh, that Roddenberry had was that um, they fill Riser with a lot of extras rubbing each other but also like have same sex couples doing that stuff oh, that would have been good yeah and they had to good. like iris Stephen bear and rick berman pointed out that one they'd blow the budget on extras alone at the scale he wanted. <laughs> <laughs> and two the network censors were never gonna let the same sex ones fly anyway um, yeah they were already i kind about... of think it's a bit weak like you should have tried it anyway. Uh, like, yeah, just know. have like one bloke, yeah, sucking yeah, off another bloke like, in the background. I shame, reckon. I, like... I reckon if they'd spent a tenth of the budget on 
just a buttload of weed and pizza and then just be <laughs> like, we won't pay you to do this, but you can come get a bit stoned, eat some pizza and rub up against some sexy people. A lot of like college students in America would have done that for free. <laughs> just turned up. Just yeah. turned up because... You know, like I said, I'm going to the rice equivalent of the Netherlands, and trust me, if you offer people pizza and weed <laughs> and ask them to rub that, up against each other for no money, they'll do it. That 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 should be how studios get extras. I would go and do more extra work <laughs> if I was going to get paid in pizza. Yeah, <laughs> you get paid in money, which you can buy pizza with. <laughs> Don't get that. You're just adding a middleman there, though. Nathan. I can't be bothered to deal with the middleman. The Deliveroo guy. Just give me the pizza direct. <laughs> Mainline the pizza into my veins. <laughs> I have to. I have to wonder. Just like the more I've like watched, because I've obviously rewatched the episode this yeah. afternoon, like a couple of hours ago, and just mm. and the more I think about, I just I didn't dare look into it. I might do afterwards, but I just think like how much fan fiction for TNG uh. is based on this place, like. How much of it so is like, much of it. oh, Rikers and Troy accidentally find themselves stuck on Risa with no way. Like, there just must be so much where they've gone, where's a sexy location other than the <laughs> holodeck, Risa. Which is funny, because, like, after this place gets introduced, a recurring joke in the series, every Star Trek series that then goes back and visits it, DS9 has a Risa episode, I think, yes. so Enterprise. But every time someone visits it, there is the characters who are not visiting Riser going like, oh, it's a really lovely place. It's really great. You can do all of this. Here's the next wonderful thing that Riser <laughs> has that, that, that they advise the characters to do. So it's Riker with the Horgon in this episode. I think it's like some swimming in yeah. DS9 and so on. But then whenever they visit, obviously, because it's an episode of a TV show, <laughs> so it ruins their entire day. Kerfuffles <laughs> ensue. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> um, oh, I was going to tell you a fact, but I've forgotten what it was going to be. Oh no, it, I was going to say yeah, because like all the, the all the legend about Riser is that like everyone who's from Riser is a proper chilled out legend and like mm. all that kind of stuff. And then the the main baddie in series four of Discovery is from Riser, and he's a Ooh. fucking mental like evil scientist guy, uh, <laughs> and. You find out that he's from Riser, and then you're like, "Oh yeah, that's what that weird little thing on your on your <laughs> yeah, forehead's yeah. been this whole time." But I know I recognise that from somewhere. See, I kind of wish that was the thing for this episode because I just hate the Ferengi. I hate them, <laughs> and it well, always think, feels well. That's bad. Very, that's a very racist opinion. Well, Bethany. No, this um, is the problem, though. <laughs> it feels problematic to not like the Ferengi. That to be fair, like, the Ferengi, the Ferengi in TNG are really annoying and rubbish. This, like they, it's not a physical thing at all. Like it's not like a oh, look at them with their wrinkly foreheads; they're disgusting. Like, <laughs> I love the back of their heads. That is some snazzy back cranium going on. But I love the back of their heads. Is a, uh, it's a really, it's, it's a really sort of like. Backhanded compliment. It's a proper business. neg, isn't it? Oh, yeah. I love. I mean, neg, neg sounds like the name of a ring. <laughs> like, yeah, just love it when you turn. Name on neg. <laughs> you will surrender your things for profit. But but just Sovak is especially irritating. He, he is. I really hate him. Because he just, and he is. He's he creepy. Is played, the, the actor plays is the same one who will go on to play Nog in DS9. Oh, is yeah. it the same yeah, guy? Yeah, it's the same guy. Oh, that explains why I hate Nog as well. Um, 
Is it not, it's not called Rom. Hang on, I'm gonna. Check well, I, hate, I Rom. No, it can't be Rom. Rom's a little twink. Uh, no, it is Rom. Yeah, it's Rom. Oh it's right, okay. Sovak, Sovak's person who plays who plays Rom. But, uh, Sovak's so annoying in this episode. From the first moment He's he so turns annoying. up, and I, I, he came on the screen, and I went, "Oh, this isn't going to be a Ferengi episode, is it?" And then I'm glad it's not. But like, it, I feel like the. They could have made that character any other race, and it would have it wouldn't mm. have changed anything. Mm-hmm. Like it's sort of it kind of. I mean, him being a Ferengi kind of uh, helps explain his motivation for wanting the um, the surprise yeah. Yeah. in this. But also, he could have just been a, a man or whatever. Like yes. it, it doesn't. And if they were worried about budget, then like maybe don't cast a mm. character that's going to have to. You can have to spend loads on prosthetics, but well, they weren't worried about budget. They were worried about the amount of sexy times that uh, <laughs> Gene Roddenberry wants. And the, you know, the actor who the actor for for him is a white guy, and like, what is what is more fashionable than a white guy is a villain? Like, that's get, yeah. get with the times. And then I wouldn't yeah. feel so weird about not liking the character. It's just <laughs> the way he like he just treats Vosh as this object, like this ultimate prize that he will get. And it yes. oh, it's just so creepy. The, yeah, well the the Ferengi have always had like this the sexism. Yeah. They have a feminist revolution in, in DS9, which is funny. Um, <laughs> is that before or after they start a trade well, union? So they have um, well they have uh, it's Quark's mum that does it and Quark like <laughs> The way the episodes always work is Quark is like like someone come a Ferengi villain of the week comes up to Quark and it's like your mum's causing shit again and she's like and he's like mum you're supposed to be a traditional woman and she's like fuck you <laughs> fuck off <laughs> <laughs> like that is every one of yes, those episodes Quark's and it's mom. always great Quarky's um, mum has got it going on. <laughs> That's that song doesn't work if you say "mam" instead of "mom." Ma'am. I've realised because <laughs> "mam" and "on" don't rhyme. <laughs> um, yeah. Quarky's mam has got it gunning on. Gunning on. <laughs> Stacey, um, can I come to your hem? <laughs> I saw uh, I saw a picture um, on Twitter earlier that says, "Oh, the supermarkets uh, displaying what uh, Geordie Lass uses um, her basement for," and it was. Um, Alcohol storage pet. Um. <laughs> the, um, we've got we have a very limited number of listeners from the north of England and quite a lot of listeners in like America and like Vanuatu and like weird places, which is great. You're all welcome, by the way, listeners. But we do tend to sometimes get bogged down in uh, weird northeastisms that I think no one else in the world like understands. Oh no, like, it's shifted. We've got more UK listeners at the moment than US. It's hey. a constant fight between them, but apparently <laughs> the UK is winning. Just so, like, so we can make make as many references as we like. Like, the, it, like the initial warring planets of yeah. those two places whose names I didn't learn. Because <laughs> 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 it wasn't <It's>, relevant. <laughs> It's quite good having someone on the podcast who's not, uh, um, who's a very relatively new Star Trek fan, because uh, we. So the 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 start of this show two years ago was because I just got into Star Trek and Nathan and Maddie had been watching it for years, and so 
and then over the course of doing the podcast, obviously, I have become a bit more of a, an aficionado. But Ooh. normally when we have guests on, they're either really big fans f- from when they were little or they don't know Star Trek at all. And so it's quite nice to have somebody on who's like at my level. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it, yeah, just kind of, it's a, it's, it's such a weird um, phenomenon that I find within a lot of sort of what you might call nerd culture, geek culture, yeah. fandom sort of thing of, I am a big fan of a lot of things without knowing a lot about them. Yes, and that's always it, very controversial. Yeah, we yeah, get, I mean, we I get always... a lot of people who comment on the podcast occasionally who get in touch on social media and they'll be like, oh, you're not taking Trek seriously enough. And like, oh, you don't know, you're not a real Trek fan if you don't know. I think on one episode about six or seven months ago, uh, I forgot the name of a planet that was like particularly important to people who are into track was it earth because was... that would be embarrassing <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah that would be bad um i uh, uh i no i think i think it would have been like uh chronos or something like that the, the vulcan home uh, the um see i'm gonna get told off now because i've called it the vulcan home world and cut, that, not... cut that nathan <laughs> yeah the, yeah no i i got the name of the um uh, uh of the um Klingon? Klingon, that's the thing. See, I'm going to get in trouble for having forgotten what a Klingon is as well. I keep forgetting things that are really simple or I'll say the wrong thing or whatever and then people jump on me and they're like, oh, you you shouldn't have a Star Trek podcast if you don't know these things. And you're like, no, because don't be a weird gatekeeper about about yeah. TV shows. It's yes. a TV show. Anyone can watch it. It's on Netflix, for God's sake. Like, <laughs> I yeah, I mean, I J- Dave Gorman said, like, in his stand-up, it's the line that's always stuck with me is... Um, Says if you like Star Trek, then you're not a geek. You're merely someone who is into one of the most popular television shows <laughs> yeah. in the world. Yeah. If you attend Star Trek conventions and dress up as Spock, you might be a Star Trek geek. <laughs> yeah, 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 <laughs> yeah like, exactly. That's all part of a routine about the exact same thing. I can't be asked with the gate because, like, I I see it myself, and it's so sad. Like, I being autistic and being just as the personality type I am, I can't get into Star Trek and do a podcast about it and not learn lots of really boring trivia and technical facts and stuff. But I'm very aware that doesn't make me a great conversationalist, if nothing else. (laughs) (laughs) You know, um, it just, and like, one thing that I really like about doing the podcast, whether it's with guests or whether it's with, like, I like Maddie, for example, Jake. Yes, I think it's fair to I say. N- I know her. Yeah, <laughs> I know her. Yeah. Well, where is she now? I booked her. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> who gives a Who gives a shit about her? Um, no, love I mean, you, Maddie. I do. I do, Maddie. I do. Nah, I could go either way. <laughs> uh, but, no, I love uh, you as well, but, Maddie. You're great. But the point I was to make is, she. I think it would be fair to say doesn't know the technical ins and outs of Star Trek and stuff no. the same way I do. But also, her understanding of fan fiction and fan theory far exceeds mine. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's not even just that like you don't have to know everything. Your interests can come from different places. And like she is interested in the characters, in the implications, in the um, like relationships between them in a way... Like, I'm not disinterested, but I don't follow and spend a lot of time on it like mm-hmm. she does. And she does not spend a lot of time spotting Star Trek, uh, Starship classes in the new episode of Picard. <laughs> uh, but, you know, 
yeah exactly and like i enjoy a sort of mix of the two of those things because i really like the kind of kind of nerdy apocrypha of knowing kind of what uh you know spotting a a reference to something from tng in the new series of picard or something like that but also i'm not like super like i wouldn't pick up on every single reference or whatever i'm not going to be like a complete nerd about it all but i can sort of go oh that was that guy from that thing that i saw in that episode that we did for the podcast or whatever and i just like seeing sir patrick stewart's dick outline in a pair of speedos (laughs) yeah yeah yeah. there is that as well that is a good point that is an important reason to watch i find the gatekeeping of 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 culture, um, uh, of yeah. sort of like geek culture, really strange because you know it's, we're supposed to be the accepting. We're, yeah, ones. we're meant to be the underdogs, yeah. and it's like I am a I am a fan of Star Trek, you know, as much as I can be, having seen the limited amount of scene. I love Marvel, yeah, I love Star Wars way more than Star Trek. Sorry. You know, but I could. I'm sorry, we're going to have to reject <laughs> Bethany from the podcast at this moment. Uh, she's mentioned the other franchise. Unfortunately, but that's against the rules. So <laughs> um, S- Bethany, but, secretly, me and Maddie like it more than Star Trek as well. <laughs> but and I just find it really strange that, you know, it, sometimes you feel like you can't say you like it because someone's, yeah, someone's going to be like, well, you know, what's the granddaughter of the third cameraman called and what did she get for her eighth birthday? And I'm like, I don't, I don't know. It's bright colours and sounds and it keeps me entertained for an hour. Yeah, yeah absolutely. And that's yeah, all like, it needs to do for me. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And like, that that's exactly the point. And I think you can like whatever you like and it shouldn't Anything. matter how much you know about it. Um but like, but that said, you're if you not, like, if you're, if you're a fan of Battlestar Galactica, you can fuck off. Um, but... <laughs> but you're not a failure as well. Like, this is another thing that I find often with new people that like, um, with with some older, it, it, a new thing comes on. Say, you know, the Mar- Marvel starts their cinematic universe, or yeah. a new Game of Thrones type TV show comes along, and I haven't seen it, or as is the case with most of the Marvel Cinematic Universe don't particularly like it. Yeah. And I've seen people and and have fallen victim to myself where I'm like, oh, well, I'm not a nerd now because I don't like those <laughs> things. No, I just mm. like the things I like. Yeah. <laughs> you know? What Nathan is is sort of the 90s uh, equivalent of a nerd. You're like, if... You're like... <laughs> You're I think like they were also called nerds. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, but like, I think you're, you're like, if... Like, if... Chris Rock was going to do a routine about nerds, like, you're the kind of nerd he would be thinking of. Whereas, like, if John Mulaney did a routine about nerds, I think it would be more like what Maddie is. Like, keep kind of... my, keep, keep uh, my <laughs> fucking captain's name out of your fucking mouth. <laughs> oh, we've made it topical. We've oh, I can't believe I didn't topical. do an intro like that. I should have yeah, done but, that for the intro. But it'll I? be three weeks. It'll be three or four weeks later when I release this it's episode. Not and everyone will be anymore. like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, I, uh, I haven't seen enough Star Trek memes about that. Uh, there should there need to be more Star Trek memes. If you're a Star Trek meme page, someone's, and I know some of you do follow over, us. Uh, spoilers for, um, for for Picard. Someone's put like I, one of the best. I can't remember what it uh, like. Someone's put the um, dialogue from the Oscars, but over the slap 
on the first episode of Picard. <laughs> <laughs> great. That was a great. That, that's one of my, my favorites. Oh, the new series of Picard's so good. Um, anyway, we'll get onto that. We'll do a different episode about that probably. <laughs> um, <laughs> so I've not seen it. I've not seen it. As much as I love, as much as I've got such a soft spot for Patrick Stewart to the point where, so I teach English a lot for my job. And I have as, a, to... as a foreign language, or no, uh... no, to to high school students, right? Oh, okay. Um, it's in the GCSEs, um, ah, right, okay. And it often ends up being taught around the sort of Christmas term. So mm-hmm. I would always tell my students, you know, we're going to watch the Patrick Stewart version because it's very, very accurate to the book. The setting is very Victorian. The costuming, you know, it's going to give you a real good sense of what what this, what yeah, this yeah, book yeah. is based on and you know I'll I'll show you the Muppets one as a treat and the, <laughs> you know in the last couple of lessons we'll watch the Muppets one and like the I Muppets don't... <laughs> one's much better the Muppets one's much better I mean it's far more entertaining in a lot of ways absolutely and it's got I also think it's stuff. I think it's closer to the book as well but anyway that's, that's <laughs> this <laughs> isn't like... a Muppets or Christmas <laughs> Carol not. podcast as much as I want it to be a Muppets podcast it's but... not a Muppets podcast <laughs> but this thing is like so th- for them like the Muppets film was the treat and I'm like are you kidding me the treat for me the treat for miss is getting to watch the sir patrick stewart version for weeks and yeah. weeks and weeks and just sat in the back of the classroom like oh <laughs> i would i would absolutely put my whole hogan out for you i would what is it jam Haran. i would jam Haran you all night on that secret blanket <laughs> nathan I have, I, I have a question for you nathan yeah. about about Star Trek in general. Mm. Do we ever find out exactly what Jamar Haran is? Um, I don't know. I don't. It's, to, to, it's sex, so, isn't it? I it, mean, it's, it's sex. sex but... Yeah, but is it a special kind of sex? <laughs> I, or do I, you get I, anything all, out? All is it like sex, sex and then special. breakfast afterwards? All sex is special, Jake. Uh, no, it's not. <laughs> um, With Sir Patrick Stewart <laughs> Sorry, <is>. Jane. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I've been single for a while, Jake. All sex is special at this point. My, my girlfriend's my girlfriend's gone on holiday to Rome on her own for the weekend, um, which is great, and she's having a really lovely time. But uh, I was like, she, she rang me earlier, and she like was like, "Oh, it's really good. It's, I'm having a lovely time. I went to the Colosseum, and I went to see." The Vatican. She's like, "What have you done with your day?" And I, I felt like I had to lie because if I told her the truth, if I told her the truth that I'd been watching uh, Sabrina the Teenage Witch on repeat for three and a half hours by that point, um, that it would look like I had the sad life. Um, uh, <laughs> um, right. Well, having having checked both Memory Alpha and Memory Beta, yeah, um, uh, Jamal Haron. They don't ever define it in the show. There, there are a lot more references to it um, in Lower Decks and in DS9. The one TNG novel, the closest we get is that apparently Jamaharon with someone was the direct cause of death of Curzon Dax, which is just funny. <laughs> um, and, what a way to go. And uh, apparently... Jamaharon is not merely just a type of sexual activity. There are also emotional and spiritual components of the right. Um, right. So, okay. So, so I think what it is is rising in tantric sex. Well, right. I it, see. Okay. It was making me think. Okay, so Firefly. 
We're, we're aware of Firefly, I assume, on this podcast. We've seen yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. I, I've seen it, and I don't think it's everything that it's cracked up to be. But if All you like right. it, oh, fine. I, I, I like just, it. There's, there goes the comment section. <laughs> <laughs> there goes the DMs. Oh, Nathan, you can't and, say things like that no, with our audience. I, and, I and, and Nathan Fillion isn't an attractive man. Right, I've said it. Go on. I um, <laughs> love Firefly, but I like. I bet, I bet the sort of thing Anora knows how to do. It comes across as like a... Not just sex, but almost like a, I have trained in many ways, kind yeah. of. I guess yeah, it is like, special. I guess it is like, special, Jake. Yeah, I think um, I, I think I'd be able to do it. Um, <laughs> the... Sorry. <laughs> don't, yeah, don't laugh at that, you dick. <laughs> I'm... Uh, Beth's been told that by men before Um. (laughs) (laughs) Don't don't laugh at that you dick (laughs) Um, No just not to believe them when they say they could do it Uh, (laughs) So is there anything else about this episode that we need to talk about We we could talk about the the Toku Tat if you want Because we haven't really uh, brought I think that's what it was called anyway. I don't, I don't really pay attention to anything other than the sexy legs in this episode. So, um, I mean, there is a shot that is just a person's bum. Like, it's just like a full arse. Like, and, just even... the, and just their boobs, just immediately. And the boobs. Them. And the couple just making out in the corner. Yeah. We're getting distracted again. Sorry. We said we'd talk about <laughs> the actual plot, and then we immediately said... <laughs> it's interesting as well, because this episode actually has quite an interesting plot, but, like, I still am getting... Distracted by the boobs and the bones. I think it's a really good. Yeah, I think it's a really good standalone episode. Yeah, like I, 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 we went into it and I thought, oh yeah, we're doing a filler episode. They're usually a bit fun, but actually, it is a filler episode. But like, it is, it's, it's like a solid. I mean, I suppose because it follows the a a kind of tried and tested plot development, like because it's basically the plot is basically just the film, the Maltese Falcon, right? But like, yeah, yeah. and we were talking to. uh, Tom B a little while ago in the guests organising group for this and he said he was defending his decision to do the um, trade union episode which we won't get into that argument again <laughs> but um, we he said filler was a thing of classic 90s Trek and I miss it Yeah, and I sort of think he's got a point in that Discovery and Picard they're excellent, they're well construed things but there is no low pace episodes. There's no there's no things like because this just very nicely introduces a, a new character who's not massively important to the crop. Bash comes back because she's great, but yeah, yeah, you know, she's I don't a good think character, that's, yeah. the, that's the aim when she's here. And rounds out a bit of Picard. Um Yeah. It's yeah, yeah. yeah. I really like it. I like that it kind of does harken back to those slightly old school adventure, archaeology, Indiana Jones, all that kind of, all those vibes I really like. I really like, speaking of Vosh, I really like that in this place, in Ricer, with these boobs and see-through fabrics, <laughs> um, I really appreciate the fact that she isn't super young. She isn't a blonde with, mm. you know, boobs that point up and a bimbo attitude. You know, she's an equal to Picard and they could have made her a lot more like stereotypically sexy and all that and actually to have a a, a realistic foil to his character in this episode I really appreciate 
it's yeah i i think that's a good point and possibly one we don't really notice as much as as men but the yeah i mean i'm not saying that she's not sexy she's a very attractive lady but the oh, yeah. like but like yeah they could have like if this was an episode set on if this was a, a tos episode with kirk in it that that character would have been a ditzy blonde in a early 20s who yeah. didn't have any kind of uh sort and of she would autonomy have been in a or bikini anything the whole time yeah. yeah well i mean i think she was in a bikini for most of this episode but she just she had it so covered up <laughs> like um, some kind of... and then they get into their really cool adventuring outfits though it's got the, the two of them when they come out to go on the adventure and they're sort of billowy pants and shirt it's giving me real sort of like my wife and i noticed you across the bar sort of vibes (laughs) but they're the couple that you'd say yes to you'd be like okay sure like why not (laughs) they they do have the the those costumes are really cool and like they look like sort of Errol Flynn in like yes. an old kind of swashbuckling adventure kind of vibe mm. um which i mean uh, which is, we know that Patrick Stewart is quite a big fan of those old kind of Errol Flynn type uh, films so that kind of i wonder if maybe he had some sort of say in in what they wore there but the i think the um i i, I think all of that plot with them going into the caves and like them having to sleep on what what is essentially just bare stone like you'd think they would have invented some kind of like pop-up inflatable <laughs> bed thing that you could carry around with you by this point in the future but they, they just a... put a blanket down on some rocks and then lay on top of it i like think it... it's fair to say that a tent is popping in that cave at some point <laughs> 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 have to but, get the cheap jokes in <laughs> On 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 that point as well, they're like, oh, it's cold in this in this rocky cave. Uh, and Nathan, I want to ask you, given what we learned in the last episode, why don't they just use the phasers to warm up some rocks again, like we learned last week that they can do that? I, I, and I know what you're going to say because we've already established that you're not allowed any weapons on Riser. But look, if you're not going to let me be <laughs> superior to me, there's not a lot of point. <laughs> asking me the question is that yeah but the the ferengi brings what looks like a fucking like one of those things that you use to like a spiralizer he's got it's like one of those handheld spiralizers or like one of those you know those and then the big ass gun, gun later he upgrades his weapon he's yeah. like oh the problem in that yeah. confrontation was my little phaser i'm gonna bring my big <laughs> phaser along yeah, but the, the security on Riser must be terrible, right? If you're not allowed to bring weapons in, but he's managed to bring not one but two high power. It is phases. a canon fact in the DS9 Riser episode that the security on Riser is terrible. Oh, really? <laughs> it's not even it's like an that's... honor system. It's like, yeah. oh, go on, don't, please. <laughs> go on. <laughs> but no, I think it's a good episode. There's some really interesting ideas around, you know, what is destiny? What is free will? Are we just living out actions that we have no possibility of changing? Like that's the that's the speech he does at the end, isn't it? When he's saying, yeah. that, you know, they yeah, might try right. and change this. We might do this again. Um, yeah, that's a good point. I hadn't really thought about past that. Past all of that to talk about dicks and boobs. <laughs> yeah, that is very much the vibe of this podcast, though, Bethany. <laughs> that's okay then. <laughs> <laughs> the um, and. We'll get on to some important questions about that in a minute, but the um, the I I think that the the episode stands stands up as being like a good fun episode like that. If you wanted to show somebody what middle aged Trek, as we call it, for the Trek that came out in the nineties, um, if if you want to call if you want to show somebody what that classic what a classic example of 
of 90s Trek is, then this is a really good thing to show them because it's a good episode that's enjoyable to watch. It's quite fast-paced, so you don't get bored and bogged down in kind of debate or too much kind of... Um, too much overly verbose dialogue, mm. but you still get a good, interesting kind of philosophical point at the end, but you get some kind of fun, silly bits in the middle that are kind mm. of typical of weird, fun, silly Trek. And then you also get Picard being really cool Picard. You get yeah. some solid, you get some solid um, uh, Patrick Stewart acting in this. You get a ridiculously stupid alien character in it. Um <laughs> You get two weird aliens from the future that you never see or hear from again, as far as I'm aware. And you're supposed to, like they were. Were they going to come back in? Yeah, they they were going to have a scene at the end where they beam in, like they beam in at the start. Right. I I have a question about the end of this episode. Right, that so Picard sets up this. Um... Well, that was what they were going to do. So they were going to have. He sets it up, then. The closing scene of the episode is them beaming back into Riser again, like a. But they just thought that was weird and confusing. <laughs> and they did it. Well, the, the question I had was that the, you know how Picard sets the the transporter so that it'll destroy the um, the, whatever it's called this, uh, to- yeah, the Toxutat thing, and he, he you see you have that scene where he's talking to Riker beforehand and he says like set set it on. Uh, transporter setting 14 or whatever it is that he says um let's say for the sake of argument it's setting 14 and presumably that setting is the setting that blows shit up right (laughs) why don't they use that all the time like whenever there's a villain that they can't get rid like why didn't they just blow up the borg by trying to transport them on setting 14 all the time like that's a weapon that's a weapon they have that they just never use yeah, but they're always like that with uh, transporters. Because, like, if you think about it, even without this setting fourteen, you just beam all like the Borg beam in. You just beam the back back into space. <laughs> yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, you could just beam all villains into space and they die immediately. Oh, Q! Could you not just send Q away? Like every time he pops up, just be like, "No, thank you, Q." <laughs> I feel like Q would have some kind of anti-transport power. That yeah, would Q, like, would yeah. Definitely, Q definitely has bullshit. I mean, that was one thing I liked in like, is it season like both Discovery and Picard because it's now cheaper to do it like this. Have been having like transporter fights, like yes. not in the same except but like in in season one of Picard, they kick a Romulan off a off a building and the Romulans beam them from before they hit the ground, beam them back into position. Just yeah. like, that doesn't fucking work. We're in the future, you idiot. And then and then Discovery is doing a lot of like beaming ground fighting each other type things. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. I think it's it's quite cool now that they've got more special effects budgets and the special effects they can do are better. You get sort of cool uses of the of the transporter which is i think is really cool because obviously the the they invented the transporter as a way of getting around having to have expensive scenes of them flying shuttles down onto planets and stuff um and now they're using it the other way they're being like oh we've got all the money in the world so let's use the transporter loads Mm, definitely um if we've got nothing else to say about this episode then we can move on to the important questions and i see either of you have anything you want to say uh no i think i'm good uh, okay. what, what I want to cover. No, That's I don't. Good. I don't think so. I just want to reiterate, like I'm not a sex pest. <laughs> I, just, 
I just think because it was it was between this episode and another episode um, that I wanted Ooh. to do. Which the one? The other one being I don't remember the name of it, but it's the episode when they go back down to Earth, and it's very much centered around Picard and his brother. At oh the, at yeah, the yeah, 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 yeah. And it was really strongly between those two because I like both of those episodes for showing us a different side to Picard, mm-hmm. showing us like a, not just the leader and commander you know, get shit done, but this sort of more human side to him. But then I am a sex pest, so I chose <laughs> this one. So I take my, I take it back, actually, I am. <laughs> to be fair, th- there are so many of these uh, episodes of this podcast where we should probably put a caveat at the end where we say, just by the way, we're not sex pests. Because so much no, of the... I we mean, are Jamaharon pests. <laughs> <laughs> the entirety of my concept of hashtag sexy space show should have that as something that comes on to the end of it any, every time I say it. But um, Well, if, if we're done talking about the main themes yeah. of the episode, then I'm going to move on to the important questions now <laughs> bethany every every week we ask three questions about each episode um and these are uh, unless you've listened to the podcast these are these will be a surprise for you but if uh, so i, I haven't told... comments oh okay um well the first question is uh the so the, these are in reverse order in terms of how important we think they are the first question is uh who in this episode do you think is most likely to wear a fez or who do you, who would you most like to see wearing a fez Okay, so thinking about this logically, the Ferengi can't wear fez because it doesn't fit their heads. So he couldn't <laughs> wear one. Um, although I think if he had one, it would it might lighten him up a bit. I think you should wear a fez. Yeah, that's my theory. Yeah, yeah. No, do you not know? No, I'm gonna go with the Ferengi. Actually, I think I think a fez might. Uh, yeah. Sovak. I think. A, yeah. I think a nice little fez could help Sovak just. Lighten up. He's on holiday as well. He needs to. Exactly. He needs I, to let yeah. He's got a little Hawaiian shirt on. The universal symbol of being a, on holiday. <laughs> yeah, exactly. He yeah. needs a little fez to just help I, him calm down. I think. <laughs> I think there was a counterpoint. How great would it be if, um, in the scene in the caves when they like when they've got dressed in their adventuring outfits, <laughs> like just after dealing with Sovak, Picard puts his fez on and then she puts his <laughs> her fez on and they're on their way. Yes, that would be great. I'd love that. I I would also like it if the two um, Vorgons, when they, you know, they've got that weird like their own beaming thing where they they pre- they touch their ear and then they disappear. Right? Like I think um, it would be great if they were wearing fezzes and they did that. And then there was that like like in, a, in an old cartoon where like they disappear but the fez stays and then it just like. <laughs> It, it, it falls to the floor. Yeah, yeah. it kind of like stays floating for a little bit where the where it had been, and then it falls to the floor. I think that would look really cool. <laughs> mm, I like it. Okay, well then the second question um, yes. is uh, the Klim question. So a Klim, Bethany, is a space Karen. So who in this episode is most likely to want to speak to the manager? Do you think? Um. Uh, do you know what? She doesn't technically appear, but I'm gonna go with Troy's mum. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I yeah. think she is going to get onto the starship, realize that Picard's not there, and she is going to be a claim about it. That, I think that's true. Yeah, because the, the, we do get that scene where, um, and I don't know how much of it is actually true and how much of it is just Troy trying to get picard to go on a holiday mm-hmm. but she she threatens him with her mum which yes. is i think excellent <laughs> tactics um 
but uh, I think that's a good shout. But if, if we had to go with someone in the episode, though, if I... we had to go with someone in the episodes, then it might be the Vorgons because they've got a bit of like the whole mm, "you destroyed it just like it was said you would." Mm, yeah, you <laughs> yeah, exactly. And also, I feel I... like the card's quite close to like <laughs> like Picard early... is. Yeah, in the, in the book, he, he's not even unjustified in it. To be fair, he is trying to have a fucking holiday. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Yeah, he's trying. He's like, people are coming over to him, bothering him all the time, and he's like, "Oh, how are lads?" Like, I, I want it. Are you a Karen if it's justified? You know. Oh, that's a good question. Are you? What would you I say? Mean, because I would say an intrinsic part of the Karen experience is that it's not the Karen justifiable. experience. <laughs> So that the worst, is the, the worst, pro, the worst prog rock band I've ever heard. <laughs> It'd be a great. Fr- someone needs to um, to to do that as a fringe show, though. The Karen yeah, experience. The, the, the Karen experience. Or the a Karen roller coaster. Experience is you. Oh, I might. I might even write this idea down. You can um, have it. Yeah. Can you have go. It. You, what you do is it's a show where you get the audience to complain about the things they don't feel they're allowed to complain about. It's just like, go full Karen. What what really pisses you off? Go on, write it down, and I will be funny about it. You do. I'm you, never going to do this, but this sounds fun. It's when it's you when you are opening yourself up to a lot of racism, though. <laughs> the thing that should oh, annoy you that does my my Karen when the pizza delivery doesn't come with the free dip because I've not paid for the dip. I have no entitlement to the dip, therefore I shouldn't have an issue with it. But for but fuck's sake, I want the dip. It's yeah, part. Yeah. It's part of what you provide. Yeah, but yeah. fuck that's... you, Domino. Send me my dip. <laughs> that would be my suggestion, Nathan. There's my. There's my. Uh... Yeah. Well, I, I think we're going to go with the. I I think we'll go with either Picard or the Vorgons. I feel for for the Klim question. Mm. Um, I have just looked it up, and actually, one of the actors who plays the female Vorgon is called Karen. So, um, <gasps> to be. <laughs> her name's Karen Landry. So, um, uh, we'll, we'll go with Karen Landry as the Karen for this episode. Uh, and then the the important question, the big final yes. important question, is who in this episode is most likely to have tried to suck their own cock? <laughs> um, <laughs> okay, the, it's a two way tie between. <laughs> Sovak, because no one else would want to. Yeah. Although he's got very scary teeth. And yeah, he does, yeah. You don't want teeth in a blowjob. Or I feel like Riker would. <laughs> I love that that was just... just like a little throwaway line. <laughs> I just, I know my blowjobs. I know, I know my blowjob etiquette. <laughs> <laughs> I do. Um, but yeah, no, old twinkly eyes Riker, I feel, has probably tried. As like a this, you know, not in like a weird sex pest kind of way, just in like a maybe that's what Jamaharon is. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> so good, you're I just feel like Riker's done everything. That's why yeah. his eyes twinkle, and he's R- got very flexible legs because we've all seen him step over a chair to sit down. That's on true. It. Yeah, yeah, that is true. He's and got Ra- good hip flexing. Whenever we do, whenever we do a, a TNG episode, I always think Riker is the obvious answer for this question, but like. In this episode in particular, he's got very big kind of like sex pest vibes. Like he does trying and... to send Picard down the riser because he's like, "Oh, the women, Picard. Oh, you know, oh, you, you'll never guess what happens." Yeah, and when I, I, when, my... when when Troy is like too many times, Commander. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> so yeah, yeah, yeah. 
You're allowed to be enthusiastic. This is weird. You're telling the <laughs> boss to get some. Um. I think um, as well, my, my headcanon for this episode is that the um, the Horgon thing that Riker asks Picard to bring back for him <laughs> is actually like a, it's like a special aid that helps you suck your own dick. That's what it's for. Like it's got some kind of like uh, sort of connection that you put onto your penis that then makes it, it like i think it's what it's got it's like you know you can pull the the head off it and it's got that little it's where he, she hid the um the toxic mm. thing i think un, when you open them there's like a portal inside like like a sort of fleshlight but with a portal in it and you put it on your dick and then the portal <laughs> opens in front of your mouth and then you can suck your own penis that way through like you a magic portal. So I do a podcast about it, Bethany. We ask this question every week. Yeah, no, Jake, you're not getting away with that. You never reveal such a detail. This is this is because with your with your because your girlfriend's your, in Rome. Your girlfriend's yeah. in Rome. You are bored. You have watched this episode way earlier than you normally would for the podcast, and you've had time to think. That's true. Yeah. I, I fear you may have had time to experiment and more design, but you know, I'm not getting into that. See, you I can't think... justify it with like this is what we always do because we all, definitely don't. All all I can say is that, that I have gone through a lot of toilet roll tubes this year. Um, but the um, <laughs> it's it's really hard to build a portal in your own house. Um, I oh, I know what. I'm, if we do the secret Santa again, I know what I'm getting you. What a portal? <laughs> no, a Hogan. Rikers has got the long legs, and the only method I've ever heard of is to basically like lie on your back and yes. walk your legs up the wall until you sort of I yeah, don't know, fall I don't, backwards. Yeah, yeah, and he's got the long legs. So. Yeah, that's true. I think I think Frakes has had a go. I think. Outside oh, of the show, do. I think that's all we've got time for then this yeah, week. Um, that's so, <laughs> that's, that's about where so, we are, yeah. Um, Bethany, is there anything you'd like to plug to the listeners? Um, I'm just trying to think. Like my next gig's in Amsterdam, and it'll be done by the time this comes out. So, <laughs> so not that. Um, just generally, you know, I'm a, 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 a comedian in the northeast. You can often see me at the stand. Uh, if you want to follow me on Instagram, it's Redhead Bookworm and then a little underscore. Uh, be in the thing that I'm yeah. pointing to, which is pointless. Yes, radio. We'll, but, you know. we'll we'll put all of the links in the show descriptions, in the show notes, and all that kind of thing. So if you yeah. want to follow Bethany on there, you can do. Um, Other than that, just hoping I'll you know lose my sense of taste or smell. That's the that's the goal. <laughs> yes, that's we'll. Or if all of the listeners, if you're listening to this uh, the week it comes out, if you could all. Uh, sort of pray to the sky gods above that uh, Bethany recovers from COVID straight away. Um, that would be great. Um, otherwise, obviously, as ever, you can follow the podcast on social media at RedShirtsCast on Instagram and Twitter. Um, I apologise again while Maddie is away. I am in charge of the Twitter and the Instagram uh, and that is why the Instagram has been shit recently. Um, but you... Aww. But but we're we're trying to to keep it updated with all the stuff that you want to uh, that you want to see. Uh, we've got memes and things going up for each of the episodes and and clips from the show, and you can message us on there if you want to be involved. Um, as as well as that, you can send us an email if you want to talk about any of the things we've mentioned in the show a bit more uh, in depth, or if you want to send us anything, any of your fan art or anything like that. Uh, you can 
send us an email redshirtscast at gmail.com um, you can follow me on social media as well I'm doing an Edinburgh Fringe show this year at the Edinburgh Fringe Festival 2022 in August uh, it's called Neurotica uh, so keep an eye out for that uh, you can follow me on social media for details of that I've got previews coming up in uh, Newcastle Brighton uh, Manchester, Nottingham and Leeds uh, so if you want to come to any of those uh, get in touch and follow me and find out where those are um, follow Nathan on social media as well he's yeah, great yeah. doing things, yeah. I'm hoping to, to do things I'm finally <laughs> feeling funny um, <laughs> exactly and uh, so with, with all of that um, feel free to, to get in touch if you want to um, next week we'll be joined by another guest special super guest uh, host um, uh, I don't know who it'll be it might be Rick Carranza because we've had to record in a slightly different order um, so you might get exciting uh, super fan of Star Trek Rick Carranza next week but you might not it might be another brilliant surprise person as well but it'll be someone else uh, but all that's left to say other than that is live long and prosper and goodbye goodbye bye, bye. bye.